got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Good afternoon and welcome to 48 Shades of Football, uh, last podcast of the year. Yep, last one of the year. Uh, going to be an action-packed show then, I guess, full of highlights and uh, what happens next and real clips and all those kind of things. <laughs> okay, I guess not then, yeah. I noticed you've got your anorak on, so I assume that means we're in for some stats. Uh, no, it actually means that I, I have man flu uh, and I've got my anorak on to, with, to kind of try and keep all the heat that I have in my body in. So I do apologise if I sound a little rougher today or if I cough. But if no one notices any difference, then I guess we'll just take that as being Maybe we'll get some, a good uh, thing. some female listeners writing in about your new sexy voice. Uh, doubtful. It'll probably just be like, that guy sounded like he's, he's a really heavy smoker. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, I've had it for a week, but hopefully, hopefully it will get through the podcast, yeah? Is it a phantom cold? I think I got it from the phantom. That's what happens when you sit next to him at Christmas dinner. Maybe, maybe next year, to save me from tears... <laughs> I'll sit somewhere else. Uh, that was the last Christmas dinner. It was the last Christmas dinner for George Michael, yeah. He probably didn't get around to having it, did he? <laughs> Oops, I thought that's what you meant. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, uh, he probably didn't. I think it was 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Anyway, this is a, a football podcast, yeah? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Paul, that was a really interesting intro music. Were you sh- showing your age there? Or, or is that one of your your karaoke Noribang favourites? Actually, there is actually a Noribang in Pusan called the Kenny Rogers Noribang. And all it has is Kenny Rogers hits um, on, their, on their discography. Okay. Um, I think the song was chosen by you. It was chosen by me. It was The Gambler. Uh, it presumably has relevance somehow to something. Uh, it does indeed. It has relevance to, I guess, what we'll talk about later in the show. But it has relevance to Gang One's... Uh, on-off relationship with Gangwonland, um, who allegedly were going to sponsor them uh, to the tune of $8 million, I believe is the amount. I'm going to say all through this podcast, I'm going to say the words, I believe. Okay. Because then that means that we won't get anything wrong this week, um, which will save a few people's tweets. Um, but yeah, so I, I believe it was about $8 million. And basically, uh, so the idea was they were going to change their name from Gangwon FC to something else, but that seems to not, not be Gangwon the case. One. Yeah. So recently, in, in the last few hours, uh, Gangwon Land have said it may or may not be happening. So, but I think we're going to get into that in more detail about about changing names and club ownership whenever we come to it, yeah? Okay. Later on in the podcast, yeah? I know that you're you're really eager to talk about uh, the 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 comings and goings, uh, the ins and outs of the K League this season. I know that you're really happy about signing Yi Sang Ho from Suwon Blue Wings, um, a man that Huang obviously saw rip your midfield apart over a two-legged final. I guess the guy who talked uh, very negatively about um, FC Seoul on his on his Facebook page, etc., etc. <coughs> Essentially, you don't see many players crossing the d- the divide between Suwon and Seoul, do you? You don't really know. I mean, it seems to be common 
with other clubs. I mean, like a few have moved backwards and forwards between, for example, uh, Super Blue Wings and Songnam are, are big rivals, but you know like they've traded players, uh, as have Songnam and Incheon. But yeah, so Suwon seem to be that that um, that river that you just don't cross until now. The guy's a decent enough player, isn't he? I I guess I don't really know. I I, I don't really think I don't really think anyone really stood out. In 2016, for for the Blue Wings, other than Jonathan, so I think it's hard to really say if he was good in a bad team or if he was actually like a good player. I don't really know, but uh, it is interesting that he's kind of crossed over. Yeah, um, he's the he he's the John Spencer of the K League. <laughs> the John Spencer of the K League. Not the what's his name? Well, probably the well John Spencer was uh, he played for Celtic Boys Club and then moved to Rangers. Uh, like later on in his career, the big one was Morris Johnson. Ah, that's what I was thinking. Another one was Kenny the Shit Miller, who's done it three times: <laughs> Rangers to Celtic, Celtic to Rangers. <clears throat> but but no one's ever done it from club to club, to be honest. So so yeah, so I guess that's something something different. Uh, any other big transfer news? I have a couple of things, but anyway, um, Songnam lost well, a couple of guys. I was right? going to say anything else from a soul point of view. Uh, from a soul point of view, I mean as league. Holders as champions, so to speak, like well, well so to speak, as champions, uh, you'd have expected you'd be a bit busier in the market. Um, I expect something will happen at some point. Um, okay, big news for Seoul is they sold their guy. Well, I don't know if they sold him, they, they offloaded the guy who played for the Olympic team, Pak Yong Ho, yep, to Paul Hang. Uh-huh. And the rumors about the goalie coming from Sarezo Osaka back to coming to Seoul. Apparently next because he's just signed a contract extension. Yeah, 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 yeah. Extended yesterday, yeah. So that's definitely uh, head, head was now is main, meaning that the Kim Dong Jun from Songnam to Seoul rumours are growing. Uh, but uh, Songnam have come out and said that he's going absolutely nowhere. That they need him. So I, I, whether that will actually be true or not, I guess we'll see over the next Unlike few weeks. Someone who has left Songnam for sure. Uh, yeah, Park Chung Po, ex-captain, uh, went to the army, came back, was expected to be the captain, probably vice-captain, if not captain this season. Um, fans' favourite, so to speak, and all that stuff. Moved to Jeju on a free transfer. Interestingly, two days later, two of Jeju's players moved to uh, Songnam. One on a free transfer and one on loan. And we're also being linked with Danilo Nico, who I'm sure you can shed more light on than I can, but apparently he used to play with Jeju, and I'm assuming played with Jeju under, under the boy himself. So, um, okay. Uh, big news for Songnam fans is that Paulio Sergio decided not to try his leg uh, in the Kaylee Classic this year with with Daegu, but opted to go back down to the challenge and has joined Songnam. Um, interesting move. <coughs> I mean, you could view why did he go back down to the Classic, but maybe he views Songnam as being like a team more than capable of bouncing straight back up and maybe sees Daegu as a team more than capable of going straight back down again so maybe he thinks his future does lie in a classic but it'll be interesting he was like scored something ridiculous like 20 odd goals uh, I believe um, so yeah if he can score goals in the classic in the challenge with Daegu hopefully he can do the same thing with um, Solnam it does it does throw up one thing and that is that if he has signed and if we're being linked with this Danilo guy, yeah. it does mean that either Sovino or Peter must be getting offloaded. The boot. 
Yeah, which probably means it'll be Peter. Oh, I'm fairly certain. Although he's, for my, in my opinion, the best player in in that Songnam team now that that well, since Thiago left, uh, I think he'll be the one that will probably go, and they'll probably keep Silvino. I think. I guess you said they have big news for Seoul, but I guess the biggest news for Seoul was that John Book had decided to get rid of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, so Che didn't leave, <laughs> but everyone else has. Um, every day that you pick up, you pick up Twitter. You know what I mean? Every day that you, you check Twitter, it's another John Book player being linked or actually leaving the club. Like Although the Leonardo one hoax. So the Leonardo one started yeah. on Wednesday uh, with. A very, a usually hugely accurate uh, Twitter account posted a photograph that was that he saw on a Dubai website, um, the Al Ain, but that's not who he's moving to. Um, and there's a photograph of Leonardo with the UAE coach or something, right? Yeah. But it turned out that if you actually looked at the photograph really closely, you could see he was wearing his John Book tie in the uh, Jacket pin, right? Yeah. So that turned out to be actually taken before a game. Yeah. But then yesterday it was revealed that he actually had flown to Dubai. Um, but what's interesting is that his girlfriend or wife has put on their Instagram account that they're in the US. So actually, no one really knows where he is. One thing that we know is he's not in the U- he isn't in Korea right now. But I mean, I think Dubai is a common, uh, common. Uh, how can I say? transfer point for people yeah. flying back to Brazil yeah it's a huge hub so, so there's a high chance he's just flowing from Seoul to Dubai to Brazil to the US and someone has just seen him in Dubai and, or on checked into the Dubai flight and put two and two together and got a 40 issues of football podcast <laughs> so I don't think I mean it would be huge huge news if he went it would be massive right um, I mean that would mean they would be basically uh, going with the bookie and the gookie up front. Yep. Okay. Also, big news is uh, one of their two, their two centre backs has gone to Guangzhou, I think. Yep. Either Kim Hyung Il went or Kim Hyung Il refused to go. Uh, but they went for one centre back first and he didn't want to move. And then so they, they seem to have bought the other one. So, John Book have definitely lost several players. And if you put um, Lopez in that list as well it's going to be a, a really tough start of the season for John Book and just uh, while we're on the subject of uh, ex well, Kelly players Partelu who did play for John Book who was ignored and then shipped out yep. he's left his team in the, the, the Middle East okay. after just a few months so you might come back to the K-League pretty yeah, doubtful right I doubt it, but, uh, doubt it right um, I didn't know that uh, Bruce Digit and Adrian Lair have both, as far as I know anyway, have both committed the future to Suwon next year as well. So they will definitely still be here uh, in, the, in the challenge. Um, other big news, <coughs> I think Kevin has moved or is in the process of moving um, from Incheon. Uh, and in fact, I actually saw... His agent posted some training photographs today on, on Twitter and uh, it don't look like he's in an inch on shirt. So okay. it looks as if he might have made that move. To? I'm not really sure. It's China or Japan, but I, I, I'm not really sure where he moved to. I just know he was being linked with the move and then I saw those photographs today and it's definitely not inch on that he's training with. 
And then Mendy went from Ulsan to Jeju. He did, yep. Uh, we have a slight, slightly different view about Mendy's utility, right? Yeah, yep, I think Mendy is actually handy, whereas you think Mendy is more Mandy, more Mandy than Mendy, right? Um, yeah, I, I think he's a pretty decent player. I think if you look at how Jeju play as well, like they're really like free flowing, like really attacking, uh, and I think now that they've added Patrick Poe uh, right back as well, like he's a bit of a kind of wing backer. He's a bit kind of like a traditional more. Well, he was at Songnam three years ago. Whether he still has that pace or not, I don't know. But if you could him like here, not the right wing, putting crosses in, then yeah, I think a six foot two Guinean striker is going to be like. Guinean striker is, uh, I think, could add something to that squad, right? I mean, Jeju were one of the highest scoring teams like in the league, so yeah, I don't think they've. I think Egunho out and Mendy in, I think, is a good piece of business, in my opinion. I know you think Kova is more is more of the of the kind of the better player. But I think definitely Mendy is able to put the ball in and out. I think I think he'll do I think he'll do well with Jeju. Well, I, I just think Mendy's a bit like the Wookiee. I think he's got a bit more talent. I don't always have a bit more talent than the Wookiee. I think he's a bit more of a presence in the box than the Wookiee, and I think he gives a bit more. Um, I I did know probably mentioned Kova. Kova signed an extension to his contract. He was going to stay one more year. Ulsan and. Uh, also moved swiftly to bring in some Dutch striker, 23-year-old from Herenveen. Yeah, I saw that. That's an interesting move. So, yeah, Herenveen are not a bad team. Well, they weren't a bad team. They might be a bad team now. I don't really follow Dutch football probably as closely as someone who's sitting with a, a laptop right now. Um, but if They've been in the UEFA Cup or the... Europa League or whatever it's called nowadays recently I think yeah I mean uh, they're a team I've heard of as opposed to most majority of Dutch teams which I'm not familiar with yeah I mean I've definitely heard of them in the past so like whether they're still any good or not I don't know but I think uh, that's still for, for me that's a pretty decent move I think for uh, Ulsan um, I guess we can maybe talk about some transfers that may or may not have happened I think my favourite transfer of the week has to be Victor Aquina to Seoul Eland. Um, and Elan got him and what looked like an actual photograph of him wearing an, an, an Elan top I'm sorry if you're listening to this Dan um, and then so they put it on their Instagram account and the, the photograph was on Twitter and made you know a lot of retweets and stuff like that and then he's come out and said ah, I don't know what you're talking about I'm moving to some team in Brazil or some team in Portugal and when you look at it closer and compare that photograph to other like Eland new arrivals, yeah, it really is actually photoshopped. Mm. And Eland did, in actual fact, photoshop an Eland top onto a guy that they were in contract talks with. So I think ex podcast host Stevie may have called it schoolboy stuff. Uh, I think I went a little bit more down the, 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 the lines of uh, the plot thickens. But really interesting if they've kind of announced this guy on their Instagram and didn't actually have him signed, yeah? But they have signed some Hungarian boy. And they've let go Clark Carlisle. Yep, Carlisle Mitchell was off. And mm. Tarabai this week will finish his loan and head back to Malta as well. <coughs> so that's a wee teaser for you there. You were too busy grimacing at the water. Were you either grimacing at the water or grimacing at my shockingly bad pun? Water. No, okay. I've been listening to your pun. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Any, so, any other 
uh, transfers to talk about. I guess, I know we covered this one last week, so I think it happened as, I, as we were wrapping up the podcast, but MVP, Golden Boot, um, Player of the Year, Legend, Jung Joguk, seems to have moved, seems to have swapped the Jew of Guang for the one of Gang. Okay. See what I did there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you high on drugs at the moment? I'm actually on antibiotics and all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, he, he seems to have moved to a gang one. Well, no, he doesn't seem to have. He has moved to gang one, right? Yeah, I saw, I saw a picture of him. Yeah. So, so he he probably is like. I mean, Egan O was a big enough name, but <coughs> yeah, I think definitely like um, like that's a that's a huge one. Uh, a couple of other players have moved in as well, but I think yeah, John Cook has got to be. Uh, he's got. I mean, they've got to have paid good money for him first of all. Reasonable money, right? Well, get I saw, it from I saw Ho's salary at Jeju last year was $800,000. Okay. So, I don't think that... I don't think... I think that put him in the top five of domestic players. Okay, yeah. Um, obviously, the Patriot must have been on a little bit less than that because I don't recall seeing his name. But I guess we'll come to that in a bit in our stats. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean even... Even just... Like, Guangzhou didn't let him go for nothing. And unless Guangzhou got him in a one-year contract... See, this is the thing about the K-League, you don't really ever know, like, you know, because they never disclose how much clubs pay for a player. Right. So you never really know if they have them, like, on, you know, like, how, how, um, how, what's the word I'm looking for? But you never really know how, how good these contracts are. Mm. But you've got to imagine that Seoul probably let him go for free because he wasn't really playing, right? I think he was out of contract. Yeah. But Guangzhou probably surely didn't take him up on a one-year contract. I'm sure someone can check it out and, and let me know. Uh, but you've got to imagine that Gang won't have paid money for him, yeah? So how, Paul, are Gang won't affording salaries and, and, and wages such as this? Well, we, we saw um, sometime at the end of last week, I think, that, that Gang Land was providing $8 million, well, the, the Korean one equivalent of $8 million yeah. of sponsorship. Um, and having the the the, the, na- the the team name changed to reflect that, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So $8 million, um, that would make them able to afford a squad as, as big as Seoul. I think Seoul's, Seoul's total outlay on players last year was about eight, just a shade over $8 million, second biggest in the league. Okay. Um, but a tidy sum. Yeah. I mean, that was the stories that were going about, as we touched on at, you know, like at, at, at the beginning. Like one of the... They, they, one of the the clauses of that was that they were going to change their name to something like Gang One High Roller Five Triple Seven Blackjacks Up uh, Pontoon Twister Switch um, FC, but I think that was rubbished. And their nicknames are the Mafia. <laughs> the Mafia, yeah. And it seems to be now that what's happening is that Gang One Land have come out and said, "No, we're not paying." Like this money, like, we're not going to sponsor them. They're not changing their name, but that can't be right, right? <laughs> I mean, <coughs> they must have been expecting to receive that money. Yeah. Because otherwise, how the hell? Because we we were we were like absolutely dumbfounded about how they're going to uh, afford all these players they keep signing. And that was before they signed Jung Jo Cook. But if they signing these players willy nilly, they must have been expecting to get this eight million. In. Yeah. Well, they must be offering them contracts, right? And in those contracts, those players, those players you would imagine they're going to expect to be paid, right? Yeah. Whatever was in the contract. So it's really interesting. 
Like, so if I mean, I'm, I'm guessing if Gang Online do pull the plug on, on, on the deal, that who's going to make it up? Like, the Gang One, the, the Gang One government. Um, there's an eight, an eight million special tax on Gang One land. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they get. There are there is like the other side of this as well about you know like having company names and and teams, you know the, the, we've seen it in Europe with Red Bull you know buying like Salzburg and Leipzig, I think, um, are the two teams I think they might have another one as now as as well now. Going to buy someone in the UK or so. Well, there was rumours of them buying Rangers first of all, um, and then I think there was rumours of them then going, going down into the Championship for someone instead. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting because you know you, you have John Book Hyundai, you have Ulsan Hyundai, you know Suwon Samsung, uh, but Jeju and FC Seoul, who are also owned by companies like SK and GS, only have the branding in the stadium on their shirts, but don't have managed so far to resist having them on their names. Yeah. Yep. As a Seoul fan, would you want to see FC Seoul GS? Or something similar? Well, uh, I don't think it would bother me that much. Okay. So if GS then pumped in another 3 million or 2 million or 4 million, would you be happy to see the name change to GS Soul? Soul GS? Yeah, why not? And the players run out to, we're your energy every single game, yeah? Damn straight. <laughs> you are such a hole. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I guess I don't know how, how I would feel if any of my, you know, if my team was bought over and changed to like you know a company name in the team. I, I think I'd be. I think I would be perturbed. I think, like I know, like branding rights on stadiums are pretty common and stuff like that, but I don't know if I want to see it in my team. Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, the only other thing that Gang One could do if they can get the money. Uh, from Gangwon Land, I guess is to maybe have like increase their ticket prices. Okay, they did announce their ticket prices this week. Okay, uh, did, did you see that? Uh, I did. Yes, I I chortled as a as a having a team in a challenge. It made me giggle and laugh, almost to the point of snorting. I, I think there's two issues here, right? Firstly, they've introduced tiered pricing, whereby. <coughs> It costs a different amount depending on the quality, the the, the perceived quality of the opposition, right? Ah, uh, okay. Well, first, of all, I think I'll take you up on that first point. I don't think it's the perceived quality of the opposition. I think they've done it perfectly. It's not the perceived quality; it's the it's the number of travelling fans. If you look at it, it's Jumbuk, Seoul, and Suwon, the three teams that bring the most fans. Even Osan are are like second tier, and you you've got to imagine Osan are going to finish above Gangwon in the league, right? So I think they're based on on who will bring them the most fans, which is smart business. But the, but the home fan ticket prices are also different depending on the, the quality of the opposition, right? So well, yeah, because people, well, because K-League fans tend to just buy any ticket, right? So the idea is that if FC saw John Book or Suwon are at home, the ticket price will be higher, so that those crafty pesky little Seoul fans don't go in the home end, right? As someone that's actually been to that stadium, it's not segregated at all, so I'm not. Sure. Well, I'm not quite sure how they're going to yeah. do this. Well, on the diagram I saw, it did look as if they were actually going to create an away stand, which is exactly what Elan did in their first season, and it was not the best idea, right? Because it looks like they're going to take one part of the stand and just make it, like, away. But that's not going to work. 
There'd be no Achilles leg, that's not going to work. But the, <coughs> the stand itself is one of those very basic ones, which is concrete blocks with yeah. with, chalk, with uh, seats sunk into it, so there's no barriers, there's no um, stanchions, there's, no, there's nothing, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the, they managed to put the gates in at, at, at Suwon FC this year, right? Yeah. So I guess that they'll just put gates down, at, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, having seen the the Gang One Ultras uh, up close and personal at Tantrum when they when they won the playoff, uh, I'm a little bit unsure that you want to be sitting amongst them anyway. Although I do believe you do sit amongst some of them, uh, and and other weeks, yeah. Yeah, less said about that the better. <laughs> okay. But thirty thousand for an away ticket for Kang One. Yeah, it's high. I mean, it's definitely high, right? But I think it's the. I think it's also being sold on the fact of look at where you're watching it. Where else can you watch, you know, a football match taking place in a ski jump arena? That shuffling of paper means that there are four other teams in the world that have ski jump arenas, right? No. Okay. I was going to talk about since we're talking about ticket prices. Um, there were some stats released last week about um, ticket income for each club. Okay. Uh, which which team do you think had the highest income from t- tickets? Uh, the highest income from tickets? I'm probably going to say... Uh, it, it would make sense to say so, but I'm going to say John Book. Uh, you should have been more sensible. Oh, so okay. So It said... The average crowd was 18,000, of which 86.4% were paying customers. Okay. And the average ticket income was 10,201 per person. Okay. The only club to beat, the only club to beat to exceed ten thousand one. So that's pretty good. Uh, both the number of, uh, both the total crowd and the number of uh, ticket paying crowd was up this year. Okay. Um, <coughs> other things to note. Porhang apparently had the highest ratio of paying crowd. So ninety six. Ninety-six point three percent of all people got visiting Pohang paid some money for their ticket. I find that impossible to believe. I would disagree with that as well. Having been there and seen twenty-two thousand red caps, <laughs> there is no way they made the army pay, right? Okay, uh, that was a joke, by the way. I right? don't anyone tweet that there wasn't twenty-two thousand red caps there, right? Um, after that, it's um... Pohang, really? Yeah. Wow, because I thought POSCO employees got like, well, I, I guess maybe they just get discounts, right? But maybe POSCO themselves will have to pay for the ticket? Okay, maybe, yeah, okay. What about, so we're, like, we, we often mocked uh, Suwon uh, Blue Wings last year about how their crowds were really low, you know, and how once they stopped giving away free tickets to the schools, that nobody went. Were we accurate in our mocking? Um, their crowds were definitely down for the year. I don't. In, in the report, they talk about Suwon, but it's not clear which one they're talking okay. about. They said that after Porhang with their incredible ninety-six percent um, ticket buying ratio, uh, Chonnam and Suwon both had ninety-one point two percent paying customers. But I'm not sure whether that would be. But what that means by saying is that 96% of paying customers means that 96% of people that went in the, the, the ground paid, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if only five people are there, that really means that only four of them paid, right? But Which kind of sums up Pohang's home end yeah. of last season, right? But if we are talking about the Blue Wings having 
91% of their, the, their fans paying something that would fit in with the fact that their crowds nosedive and yeah, stop yeah, giving away free yeah. tickets. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And what about my boys? That Where were Songnam in that report? Um, middling enough that they don't rate a mention. Okay, but they were mid-table, right? Yeah. In that report? Yeah. Damn and blast! <laughs> At least we've got mid-table in something, yeah? <laughs> if, only, if only we could have done that in the league as well, yeah? Um, the other thing is there's some stats about TV. <coughs> okay. So how many matches would you think would you say were shown on TV last season? I was I was pretty impressed by JTBC 3s coverage. Okay. So I would say like quite a quite a considerable number up from 2015. Okay, you'd be right. It was like, it's almost doubled. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said that. Yeah. Yeah, I think JTBC were really good in their coverage, especially at the start. It kind of tailed off a little bit. Uh, around baseball playoff season mm. but that I guess was to be expected uh, but I think at the beginning definitely like, they were showing three games a weekend at, 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 at some times right so the actual stats there were 774 K-League games shown on TV last year okay. which was an increase of 350 okay compared to the year before and it was an increase of uh, yeah, increase of 350. Um, that included 335 live broadcasts, 399 replays, uh -huh. and 40 delayed, delayed broadcasts. Okay. <coughs> yeah, and that I, I was really, yeah. I mean, I was impressed by their coverage. I thought it was good. Hopefully, they'll keep it up for 2017 as well. Yeah. Total of 1,738 hours and 55 minutes of televised football. Okay, that's the accountant and you coming out, okay? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a pretty good effort. Um, yeah, they do tend to be mostly on channels that I don't have at my home. Yeah. Which is a bit annoying. It was mostly on JTPC. They, they were showing one game on a Saturday and sometimes two on a Sunday. But you know, like when there was like, because they, they were sometimes delaying the second right. kickoff coverage. Um, and then I think KBS also, to their credit, Pitched them with a good few games on the Terrestrial TV. Yeah, I think they, I think we talked about it probably about a year ago that they were planning to show about thirty games or something yeah. over the course of the season. So, so they did not too bad as well. Um, it's still, as soon as the like when the baseball season was on, it was still pretty tough to to kind of see midweek games. You know, the midweek coverage is still pretty poor. Yeah. But the weekend coverage was pretty was pretty decent. And the ACL challenges were. Yeah. Oh, the ACL coverage is utterly disgraceful. But uh, that is not a Korean thing. I actually read a thread recently with a couple of guys, one in Japan, one in China, and one in Australia, who were all complaining about the ACL. I think like they, the AFC had a thread saying, you know, like, what would fans like to see, you know, improving the game? Yeah. And one of these guys said, how about showing it? And then someone else said, like, yeah, show it. And it was kind of like, you can see that even, you know, like China, Japan, Australia has a similar issue. So it's obviously the, the AFC themselves don't really make a big a big thing of like showing or providing uh, accessible coverage I think yeah did you remember that time that was it who was it was playing I think it was Songnam Guangzhou RNF yeah it was Songnam Guangzhou RNF and KBNS Sports uh, played it they showed it and they started it 10 minutes late and it was 1-0 to Songnam and that's how the game finished you just think well, that's ridiculous, right? <coughs> Alright, next lot of stats to talk about are players' salaries. Okay. The average uh, survey of players' salaries was released. 
Uh, obviously, Chumbuk, the biggest player, salary of fourteen and a half million for their squad. Okay. Average of three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. Okay. That's uh, per year, right? Per year, yeah. Okay. Uh, second, Seoul, uh, just a shade under nine million. Blue Wing, seven and a half. Ulsan, seven. Pohang, Cheju, Songnam. Songnam, four and a half million, average of 120,000. Yeah, that probably most of us was played to Peter and Tiago, right? Um, interesting to see that, I mean, looking at that with like Samsung, eh, with Subban Samsung being, the, the Subban Blue Wing, sorry, being third, you said, yeah. and yet having such a pretty in the end, a good season, you know, like winning the cup and stuff. But up until that point, yeah, that, that, that they were having like an absolute mare of a season, right? Yeah. I do know that a lion's share of the Seoul uh, salary was getting paid to Dehan, who I believe was to- was he the top or second top earner, right, in the league? He was the second highest foreign for, foreign earner. Yeah, but I think it was like yeah, which made him also the second highest earner, I believe. Wookie got a little bit more than him, so okay. the third highest earner, totally. Okay. So we had basically like, the highest earner was, was Leonardo? We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Talk a Sorry. little bit more about the teams. Jumping again. Apologise. Um, down in the challenge, you wouldn't, well, you wouldn't <coughs> be playing for Koyang because their average salary is $23,000. Wow. Their, their whole team salary for the year was $640,000. Wow, that's really low, right? Yeah. Oh, I know English teachers that get paid more than that. Interestingly enough, Eland cut their, their salary quite a lot this year. Almost halved their, their total salaries. How did they do that? They, who, who was the who was the earner? Cho Won He, I guess. Cho, Cho Won He and the boy who wasn't playing, right? Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And then I guess they booted uh Beluso quite pretty quickly through the like, halfway through the season, right? Yeah. Okay, so I guess they would be the three big earners. Yeah. Anything else you want to know about salaries? Uh, how many were were actually earned? <laughs> that's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> <coughs> so who was the highest earners in the challenge then? The highest salaries in the challenge. Uh, the team with the highest salaries was Pusan. Pusan. Average of $90,000. Pusan, Tegu, Kangwon, Eland. Okay. So, I mean, I guess you could look at that and say the Pusan experiment didn't really work, right? It kind of failed pretty miserably. But that was because of the poor, the, the poor start, I think, right? They started pretty poor there. They, yeah, the beginning, they had a pretty bad start, right? And then yeah. they kind of got it together uh, towards the end, yeah, but it was a little bit too late. Okay, so then I guess individual players that we know. Obviously, I would say you'd, if you were asking me for the top four or five earners in the league, yeah. Uh, last year I would have said you'd be looking at yeah Leonardo, probably the rookie. Kimbo Kyung probably came back in quite a bit. Dehan didn't come back for the love of the red and black jersey like he said he did. That's for sure. Uh, Adriano is another one who I would imagine was probably given a pair of eyes during the season to stop him moving to China and I would have loved to have known how much Thiago was on um, as well. unfortunately 
I'm sure all the de- the details are available somewhere, but the, the thing I printed out only gives you the top five yeah. foreigners, top five Koreans. Okay. So at number one, Leonardo, one point seven million. One point seven million per year. You got we get you got one million one a year. <laughs> one point seven well, US equivalent one point seven million dollars. It's not really that whole lot, is it really? That's including all his gold bonuses as well. Yeah. Okay. Second, the Wookiee, one point four million, one point four five million. Okay. Wow. Um, third, Dayan, one point four million. Okay. Fourth, Edu, a shade over one million. Wow, that's insane. Fifth. What a waste of money. Fifth, Bogyong, a million. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd come back quite a bit. And then Lopez, nine hundred thousand. Yi Dongguk and Yi Gunho, eight, eight, 850,000 each. <coughs> uh, same for Santos. Okay. And then in at number 10, Yong Ki Hoon at $730,000. So basically, like, so really only paid one player a lot of money, and that was Dehan? Yeah. Adriano's not in that much. Pat Chi Young's not in that much. Um, if you look at Seoul's foreign players, Seoul got four, four foreign players, oh, right? Sorry, and I forgot Osmar, I think. What's one really isn't on a million? Seoul Seoul have got four thousand four sorry four foreign players, and they paid them a total of three point three million. Which so, means you remove one point four from yeah. So yeah, Seoul's foreign players were paid an average of eight hundred and forty thousand dollars each. Yeah, but when you imagine the fact that Dehan's taken considerably more than than that home. Yeah. That means that one of those foreigners is getting paid utterly nothing, right? Which is probably Takahagi. Takahagi, yeah. So you're looking at Osmar, Adriano probably on like 600. Uh, I, I would assume that, uh, that Adriano and Osmar will be in the top 10 foreign players. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, as I said, I would, I would love to have known Thiago. And I guess Jonathan, after his goal-scoring exploits, will get a restructured contract, you would imagine, right? Yeah. So we see him probably match some of those highest earners. Because Suwon have got three foreign players, right? Yep. Once you take out... Santos is eight hundred and fifty thousand. That only leaves uh, four hundred and fifty thousand for the other two to get between them. Because actually, only Jonathan now. Is it okay? Yeah, because Higar's gone and there's no other foreigner. <coughs> the the Brazilian, the the Dutch guy, Castalian, but he's got to be on paper, the like paper player somewhere like, because he because he came there, having only played something like seventeen games in ten years or something. Okay, okay, sweet. So I mean, it's not like, we kind of always have these like amazing images of, you know, footballers getting paid an absolute fortune. Even in Korea, getting paid an absolute fortune. But I mean, some of those salaries, but really high salaries. I mean, like one point seven million dollars for playing in the K League is, is is a lot of money, right? But looking at current news from today and yesterday, I mean, that's nowhere near. What China's throwing at people, right? But I mean, if you look at, um, let's say, who who's Anyang's foreigner? They so they got one foreigner. He was paid seventy thousand dollars last year. Yeah. Ko Young had two who were paid twenty thousand each. And Chungju had three who were paid six thousand each. Yeah. So when you view that, yeah, it's a, it's quite a okay fair point. <laughs> That's quite a massive jump then, right? 
Puchon. Was it like yeah, what Puchon will be looking and Lucian, they were they were averaging ninety five thousand dollars each. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty good, right? Because when they did that documentary on the three of them, they were living in, they were well, two of them were married and one of them was living in a in a dormitory somewhere, yeah. right? But they were living <coughs> in tiny houses somewhere in in Puchon. So yeah. So I mean, Leonardo. I mean, they what can you spend one point seven? I mean, how, seriously, they what can you spend one point seven million on in Jonju? That's a whole lot of beep and bap. <laughs> and uh, I know, in the case of Dayan, his house is is uh, pr- like provided for him as well. I don't know whether it's included in here as yeah. part of his emoluments. Maybe, but yeah, okay. It's not like they're paying thousands on on rent on a flash apartment. Yeah, but I mean, you have to look at the value that that Dayan and Leonardo bring in the league. They're the one that would really the the one of those results that would really get my goat if I was any footballer in Korea is Edu on a million. That is insane. If you look at yeah, if you look at the, the, the players listed here, Leonardo, Dayan, Edu, Lopez, Santos, Edu's a huge outlier, right? Yeah. And then the Wookiee, Borgyong, the Guki, Igonor, Yom Ki-hun. Igonor's a bit of an outlier as well, right? Yeah, I would say Igonor doesn't I mean like the Wookiee does as much as we might not like him, the very fact the fact is that yeah, okay, you can understand why he's paid such a high amount of money, right? But Egan Ho, yeah, that seems like a lot of money to pay for what Egan Ho gives to the team. And Yom Ki Hyun, I would say, is probably undervalued. Yeah. So I mean, but then again, when you when you put his salary against Santos, then it's probably correct, right? Yeah. You have, you have Santos in eight fifty and Egan and Yom Ki Hyun in seven forty, right? Yeah. So. Roughly similar. Oh wow! Okay. I'm surprised that the Wookie gets so much more than anyone else, though. Well, excluding Leonardo. Yeah. I guess he was the highest profile. I mean, it was a huge signing for them, right? Yeah. I mean, whether or not he delivered is up for debate. I don't. Well, not really debate. I don't think anyone thinks he did deliver on that huge salary. But at the end of the day, like he was a big name. He did have the potential of moving overseas. And he is the kind of player that you never really hear how much Korean teams are paying or getting paid for players. Yeah. But the rookie is the kind of player who might still command, you know, a reasonably high transfer fee, right? Right. Because you can imagine a European team thinking he could do a job, like big tall striker, knock it down, Stoke, like Stoke, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> well, yeah, I mean, he always moved to. to I put it this way: he always moved to Celtic. I'm not convinced we'd have paid him $1.4 million. Wait a minute, what is that? A week? In, in pound, oh, in a week. Um, it's about 50,000, uh, 60-something thousand. Yeah, we'd never pay that to him. Never. He made the right move in failing his visa requirements. Is that right? Uh, I can't be right, but... Even if it's no, twenty, it's right. even if it's twenty, it's still more we'd have paid them. Fifty, 50 weeks in a year. Yeah, I'm not really bothered. It's a lot, right? But so you have to imagine. I mean, I guess that's why he he, he always walks around with a big smile on his face, like looking like the cat that they got the milk, right? Because one point four million can buy a lot of blowjobs in bars in Jonzo. <laughs> I really hope you're cutting that. Well, I mean, especially in Jonju, right? I've been in Jonju. Anyway, um, so <coughs> yeah, so he was always pretty happy, uh, and I did, I did read recently that there was a a happiness rating 
Yeah. Given to the fans of the, I don't know how they quite came up with these stats in the K League, but anyway, I don't, yeah, I don't quite know how they what their methodology was, but they did some kind of survey of, of K League fans and figured out uh, how happy each fans team, how each team's fans were uh, for the the season. Um, do you want to take a guess which which team had the happiest fans? The happiest fans. Yeah, Guangzhou. That was a lucky guess. Well, they kept the 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 Patriots scoring goals for them, and they finished relatively comfortably right out of the out of the. Uh, they, were, they were never in danger throughout the whole season. Did I get it right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't even see that by All I saw was that I know who's bottom. I didn't see who was top. Um, Kwangju fans averaged a happiness score of six point three six out of ten. Okay. Uh, so you, you said you know who was bottom? Who was bottom? So bottom right, so basically bottom I know was the Blue Wings, right? Yep. But that was only because on the day that they did the surveys, Kunsok was at a baseball game. Otherwise Songnam would have been bottom. <laughs> um, Suwon's fans' happiness score was 5.77 out of 10. Which up until the cup final was actually 4.77 I reckon, right? Uh, yeah, and Sangju about the same and yeah. Cheju che- interestingly Cheju were only 5.79 you'd have thought they'd have been a bit happier about their season what you mean they're getting into the ACL and seeing a shed load of goals yeah. this season that's quite strange right yeah maybe they're unhappy the fact that there's no beer on sale inside the stadium <laughs> maybe they're unhappy the fact that they wear orange tops and then going up from the bottom in uh, ninth place Chonnam <coughs> eighth place Chonbuk Seventh place Songnam, yep. Ulsan, Pohang, Suwon FC, Incheon, and Seoul. Seoul in second. So Incheon fans were happy that on the last day of the season that they scraped a, a like one more year of pain and misery in the classic. Actually, there's not there's not much difference between Suwon FC in fourth and Suwon Blue Wings in in twelfth. I think but that probably states or or that you know is like, I think K-League fans in general are not really enjoying the... I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the happiness rating took in the match day experience and not just how happy are you at your club's uh, league position, right? I'm assuming it took in a lot of things, right? And I'm assuming one of those questions would have, been, would have been how happy are you with the match day experience? Yeah. And I think a lot of K-League fans... I mean, I, I think a lot of them don't really enjoy the actual... The hardcore football fans enjoy going to the games, but I think a lot of fans literally just see it as yeah, yeah, about the game, right? You don't really see, you know, other than the traditional behind the goals sing, singing sections, there's not really a whole lot of joy and happiness going on in those stands, is there? No. Who was Osan? Were they high? They were sixth. See, that's interesting because they had cheerleaders and they had K pop. Girl groups, and still they weren't happy. It's quite an interesting start. I'm not really sure what we can read into it other than Guangzhou fans are happy to please, and Suwon fans are the shits that we thought they were. Uh, I think it would make sense that Suwon probably underachieved the most this yeah. season, right? So, and Guangzhou probably overachieved compared to what their expectation was. But Sonar fans, I guess we were happy when we had Thiago. But we were devastated by the end, right? 
but overall sort of middling. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-table again. Well, that's, that's all we can really do, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <coughs> I mean, we didn't block buses, but we didn't even protest the way... Oh, I guess, like, all Sun fans blocked the buses, right, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess those stats kind of makes, make a bit more sense then. And personally, how, how would you... How happy were you about this season? Give it a mark out of ten. Probably four. At the beginning of the season, I said ten. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the way the season ended, yeah, yeah, it was a disaster, um, and you could see it coming a long way away. Uh, but in terms of the experience, in terms of the temporary stand, the, the first full season in the temporary stand, like, yeah, you know, the view, the atmosphere. Like getting to and from away games and stuff, I'm I'm pretty happy with the K League experience. Like in terms of Songnam's performance, I would say four. But in terms of following the K League, yeah, I would say about an eight. It's very rare that I go to a K League game and complain about something that's there. I think the environment is good. The the quality, the pitch is not always great, but like there's no heavy-handed stewards or policemen. There's no, I mean, as long as you avoid the dried fish, you're pretty much sorted. Okay. Yourself? Um, Snatching a title from the from the grip of disaster and then throwing away a cup final to your bitterest rivals? I, I would think, I would say this season's been disappointing for me. Okay. I've not enjoyed it as much as I've had previous seasons. <laughs> okay. Um, but Why is that? I think the quality of play is going down. Okay, yeah. So, when I first came here, people used to ask me a lot, like, don't you find that the, the quality of the K-League's really poor compared to, say, the, the Premier League back home or wherever you used to watch it back home? And I said, well, I, I still enjoy watching live football. Yeah. And uh, I get excitement from uh, watching Seoul and seeing how well they do. But that, that excitement sort of drained away in the last couple of years. Okay. Like, do you think now it's becoming more, I, I enjoy going to the football? As opposed to I enjoy watching the football, um, I think I find that like the quality on the pitch, I think is definitely lower than, than I can remember it being. Yeah, like, we were blessed with Thiago in the beginning, and the guy, the guy was brilliant. But the second you, the second you took Thiago out out that team, it was laborious. Like, now a lot of that was down to Kim's tactics, but I also go other places. I mean, I don't just go to Songnam games. I mean, I mean, I go and watch other teams play as well, and. I enjoyed watching Jeju, which is why I find their fans reading so strange. I mean, I, Jeju was the only team I'd probably say that I would, I would enjoy watching. I enjoyed watching Jeju. I enjoyed watching Sue on FC, actually. But I enjoyed watching Jeju. <coughs> Didn't particularly enjoy watching the Blue Wings any time I went. Um, they, yeah, but I think, yeah, I enjoyed... Inchon, I didn't... A great stadium, but the quality of the pitch is not good. But I think this all goes back to what can the K League do to bring the fans back? What, like, is it for clubs to just go and do the Chinese method and buy a whole ton of players, or, or is there other stuff that, that they can do to get the, talking, the, talking the stands of China, filled? I saw in the news today that an unnamed Chinese team offered. Yep. What was it three hundred and fifty billion? Two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, two hundred fifty million to Real Madrid. And a hundred and eighty million, or some hundred million to Ronaldo. So something like 
couple of million, two two million pounds a week or something, yeah, wasn't it? Something stupid, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And he turned them down anyway. Well, yeah, we did turn them down, I think, as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Interestingly, as well, though, I mean, Tevez has completed his move, so we do know half the salary that they were talking. Yeah, about. well, but then, so that this is the thing I think as well. Like, I've been really disappointed by some of the commentary on this. Like, no one really seemed to care when the Juventus title winner. I can't remember his name, moved to Crystal Palace last summer in a move that killed his career. Do you know what I mean? Because Crystal Palace are not going to be competing for anything anytime soon. Um, but everyone was like, that was great because it's the best league in the world. Well, that, that's bullshit, right? How can one league that pays a disgusting amount of money be the best league in the world, but another league that tries to, to copy it is just players that are going there to end their career? There comes a time that when the English media arrogance has to stop. And also the, the the Australian media is really ridiculously pathetic as well. Uh, they've been slamming the Tevez deal, and they were the ones who were like quoting all the all the salary figures. The, the Chinese media them, them themselves have said, no, he's not on that. And they're actually saying Tevez is on less than Lavezzi. Uh, it's still a huge amount of money, but nowhere near the eight hundred fifty thousand a week. That they said he was on. I think saw today the BBC was saying he's getting paid about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a week. Yeah, and they think that they're veggies or maybe just slightly more, or, or or maybe the same. But it does mean that in the Chinese league you do have Hulk, Oscar, Lavezzi, Tevez, Ramirez. Right, if you think Tazeria. about when when the Premier League <coughs> started, right? There were. It was only sort of in the, the mid-90s that all these top players started coming to, the, to England, right? Yeah. Before that, it was a lot of, well, fairly decent players, fairly decent English players and a couple of middling Europeans. And suddenly yeah. got one or two top players in, and it started to trickle, turn into a, a flow. And then all the, the really decent guys started going to Spain instead. And you get this, the second-tier foreigners coming to the UK, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's... I don't have a problem... What the Chinese clubs are doing, as such, I, I don't think it's, it's not going to benefit them, they, because the difference is, is that you do still have have the the three four hundred the four four hundred they, they can make it a five four hundred they can make it whatever they want. To be perfectly honest, do you know what I mean like I, I think that's why you know it's still the same as when England or when the UK had you know when there was the three four hundred in the UK. Yeah. It was Spanish teams, Italian teams, German teams, Dutch teams that were, that they were winning the European trophies because they were more technically, more naturally technically gifted. And I don't think Chinese football was at anywhere near that level yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they can have all these ridiculously expensive players that they want. It's not necessarily making their national team better or their league better or their chances of winning a continental tournament better, as we can see, because they John Book won it this year. So I think, um, but I get. I think that they're they're just copying exactly what like, these other leagues have done, right? Do you know what I mean you know yeah. like? And I don't understand why they're being slammed for it. Like, I don't understand why Fox Australia is being so negative about about the Tevez deal. I guess it's uh, slightly unfair within Asia itself, right? Well, yeah, but at the end of the day, if there is no like FFP then which it doesn't seem as if there is then yeah that's the AFC's problem right they they need to clamp down on it but I don't think you can slam Tevez do you know what I mean for 
for making that kind of move. You can maybe you can maybe slam at Oscar because he's way younger. You maybe say like why is he was like twenty two, twenty three or something, twenty four. But then why is someone at that age making a move? But then again, he's making a move to be like set up for the rest of his life. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't. I I I, I have a problem with it, but I have a problem with it across the board. You know, it's like Celtic can't win anything and can't compete in Europe because they they're playing against even Kazakhstani teams who are paying like you know a <coughs> hundred thousand pound a week for Brazilian international stakes. So we so that's what I have a problem with it. But if you're going to allow it in other leagues, then I think definitely the media has got to get a grip and just like stop reporting it negatively. Yeah, and there are apparently apparently two clubs. Are in for um, Tourdan, place for Real Madrid. I've actually heard of him, but uh, they're going ready to bid like sixty million for some Real Madrid midfielder. Okay. But it'll be interesting, I guess, when we get round to finalising the um, ACL groups, we'll do like our our ACL special again. I'm probably not going to do it this year. We'll do it. <laughs> Me and you'll do it. Yeah. I guess we'll talk then about. What are the chances of the Chinese clubs winning anything this year? Because <coughs> it didn't work last year at all, right? But, I mean, obviously, Tevez is now going to be gracing himself in Asia for the next couple of years, right? Yeah. So, how great is it to get to see Tevez, right? <laughs> okay. Okay, so I guess that's pretty much everything covered. Um, Paul, anything... Anything else that you want to add? Uh, no, just time to pick an, an outro, I think. Okay. So, something to do with Tevez? Uh, Gold digger? I don't know, it's something to do with happiness for our happy K League fans. Sounds good to me. Take it away, Paul Well, everybody heard.